with Jesus and ultimate questions. So as you read through the Gospels, what you find is Jesus interacting with all these people and these stories. And oftentimes, He is revealing our hearts. He's revealing these ultimate questions that we all have. And tonight, I love this story. It's about the basically the prostitute that comes to Jesus. Okay, And in the, in the middle of a party, a dinner party, at a very religious person's house. And so we're going to kind of see that whole thing go, go down. But last week, we looked at John chapter 3, and it was the ultimate question of how, how does a person uh, have eternal life? How is a person born again? And we, you know, the Lord said in that passage that a person must be born again to have eternal life. He must have a new heart. He must have uh, the Spirit of God to revive him and make him new. And this story reveals two hearts. Uh, it reveals the heart of a person that is, that is born again. And the heart of the person that needs to repent. And so, um, the Bible often challenges us with these two paths. We can either choose God, we can either choose uh, life, or we can choose ourselves, which ultimately leads to bondage and destruction. That's really how the Bible, those two paths are like all through the scriptures. So turn with me or look up here. I'm going to read Luke chapter 7, 36 to 50. Let me pray real quick and we'll we'll read this. Lord Jesus, thank you for tonight. Thank you that uh, this isn't a performance. The stupid power cord broke. uh, But this is a place where your spirit is and we just pray that you would bless our time now. And uh, God, that you would be in the middle of it in Jesus' name. Amen. So hear God's word from Luke 7. One of the Pharisees asked him, Jesus, to eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table. And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table at the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know or he sorry, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered, answering, said to Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, Say it, teacher. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, basically two years' worth of wages. And the other 50, two months, basically. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. 
And he said to him, You have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Then those who were were at table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this uh, who forgives sins, who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. What if you could do an MRI on your spiritual life? So, you know, recently I had this MRI on my neck because I have this, these bulging discs and this pain down my arm. And, uh, you know, an MRI is basically, you know, it shows... Who's had an MRI? Anybody? Okay. It's, it's a very... Uh, if you're claustrophobic, folks, uh, it's tough. It's just a tough 45 minutes in there. But uh, I was basically put under and after the third time because uh, I couldn't... <laughs> Couldn't stay still, and uh, and so, but the MRI will reveal like the soft tissue, you know, and the problems with your body. Uh, you know, it'll show you like a torn ACL, right? That's why athletes, you know, they're always having uh, MRIs done, you know, after an injury and that sort of thing, because it shows what's going on with the soft tissue. X-ray can only show the bone. Uh, the MRI gets down and it shows literally, you know, ligaments, tendons. Uh, discs, all that kind of stuff, okay? So, you know, think about that spiritually. What if you could what if you could have an MRI of your heart? And to some extent this this passage reveals the MRI of two people's hearts. Uh, it reveals this Pharisee who was a very moral person, a very religious person, a person that everyone would say that person knows God. But yet, what we see in the story is he absolutely didn't know God and he didn't display the knowledge of God in his actions. And then we see this woman who everybody in town would say, that woman is a sinner, she is a prostitute, she is an outcast. And yet, she is the one who, under, like when you do the MRI spiritually, she's the one that understands who Jesus is and what the gospel is. And so, you know, as you read through the gospel stories, you know, Jesus is inviting us to enter in. Like, who are you? Which heart are you? Do you see yourself? And so, the first, we're just going to kind of do a comparison contrast real quick. The, the first person is the heart set free, and that's the woman. Okay? The heart set free with the gospel. And what do you see in this? But, <laughs> I can't, you know, look who's coming to dinner. I don't know if you ever saw that, that movie, but she was not invited to this dinner party. And back in the day, you know, these the, the weather was warm. These homes had open, do, open walls. The Pharisees typically were rich people. He's having this dinner party. This woman is uninvited. And back in the day, when he says reclining a table, that's like, you know, left arm on the ground, you know, a low table, his feet. So just picture like this big table, like, but lower. And Jesus is there, and all these Pharisees and, the, and their friends are there. All of a sudden, this woman of the night, this prostitute, comes in. And she begins to weep. She begins to make a show. She lets down her hair. She has this alabaster flask, and she's pouring this perfume on him. And she is making a show. And so 
what in the world is going on? Well, what's going on is this woman has been touched by the gospel. This woman has been touched by Jesus. We don't know where, but you know, Jesus had been preaching the gospel all through Jerusalem, and crowds were hearing him. And so what we see here is a heart that has been touched by Jesus and his forgiveness and his life. And so she's risking even to go into this place that she doesn't really belong. But she does everything she can just to get to Jesus and just to worship him. And so we see, you know, extravagant worship. This alabaster flask was an expensive thing that women would um, basically be like a necklace, but it, it might cost several hundred denarii. Okay? And this uh, perfume was expensive. And she is pouring it out. So we see this woman that's like just giving this extravagant worship to Jesus, pouring this perfume out. We see an honest worship. Honest because she's weeping and she's letting her hair down. And back in the day, that was a very intimate show. Um, women would only let their hair down with their husband. But here she is, like, letting her hair down, weeping. Uh, you know, she's emotional. She's wiping Jesus' feet with her hair. And ultimately, she is just displaying a heart that loves Jesus. A heart that has been changed by the fact that Jesus has forgiven her. And because of that forgiveness, she loves him. And she wants to be with him. And so we have this faith-driven uh, worship. So, the, you know, one thing to, to note here is, you know, her, Jesus says at the end, your faith has saved you. It's not that, like, she does this display, and then Jesus says, oh, because of all that display, now you're saved. She was already touched by Jesus. She, was already, she, she already knew uh, who Jesus was and his forgiveness and his words. And so she's coming and she's displaying what a changed heart looks like. It looks like extravagant worship. It looks like going to Jesus and risking everything to get to Him. It looks like being honest. It looks like intimacy with God. That's what, that's what a, a heart that's been born again looks like. That's what a heart that is, is saved looks like. That's, that's what comes out. So my question to me, my question to you, is like, do you worship Christ like that? You know, do you have a heart that desires to, uh, to to really be extravagant in your worship? I'm not necessarily saying some emotional thing, but I'm not saying not. I'm saying that, that are you honest with God? Are you pouring out your heart to God? Do you love God? Do you love Jesus for what He's done? This is a challenging thing because, man, when I look at my worship, I say, man, I'm not like that. I... I have a lot of hardness. It takes me, it takes God to do, do a lot of work to, to get me to that point. Uh, but this is what it looks like. Um, so that's a question I have for you. The contrast is the Pharisee, Simon, and the hard heart. And so when we look at his MRI, his spiritual MRI, we see some pretty hard, horrible things. We see someone who is... Um, there's no hospitality, really. There's no love uh, for Jesus. You know, the normal thing to do when, when a guest, and especially an honorable guest like Jesus, who everyone was getting to know, they would, you know, they would have water for his feet. They would have ointment, you know, for the dryness of the, cult, the, you know, the climate and everything. 
for his face. And uh, none of that is shown. Um, it says, you know, it's almost like he's testing Jesus. His attitude to Jesus is, I don't think he's a prophet, but I'm going to have him come over. And he's ultimately testing, because look in verse 39, he says, if this man were a prophet, if, the, if he were really a prophet, like they're all saying, um, he would know who and what sort of woman this is who's touching him for she's a sinner. So there's a real judgmental spirit. Maybe he had Jesus over just to look good. You know, hey, Jesus is really popular. These crowds are following him. He's like the pop star, you know, in Jerusalem. Like, I'm going to have him come over to my house and invite my friends, and we can kind of check him out and, like, you know, and look good because we have Jesus there. So maybe it was just about him. Um, he's uncomfortable. <laughs> Obviously, with this woman and the, and the public display of affection, he's judgmental. He's like saying he, she's a sinner. He's judgmental of Jesus if he knew what kind of person this was. So you see what's going on here. This is a heart that um, doesn't know God. This is a heart that hasn't been set free by the gospel about who Jesus is. And so Jesus sums up. He says, Simon, do you see this woman? This is like verse 44. Uh, I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. But from the time I came in, she's not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she's anointed my feet with ointment. No love, no hospitality, judgment. Who's on the throne of his heart? Himself. Who's on the throne of your heart? Who's on the throne of my heart? Simon, it was totally about himself. I mean, he was like, you know, his heart's like that, the Grinch that sold Christmas heart, you know, like that very small little itty-bitty heart. In fact, his heart's dead. And he needs a revival. And so Jesus tells this story. This is the third thing. What's the answer to, an, to the unbelieving hard heart? Uh, and he tells this little parable, just a couple lines, about a lender who gave money to two people. One, 500 denarii, which is like two years' wages, you know, and one to, and, and, and two months' wages to another. And he says, you know, they both couldn't pay, but he forgave the debt of both. Who's going to love them more? And Simon answered correctly, the one who had more debt. Okay? And Jesus was making a point here. That that's absolutely right. That unless you understand your debt of sin before a holy God and the fact that He forgave you, you won't understand the gospel or what Jesus is really all about. And you know, the amazing thing about the gospel in this is, is you know, every story points to Christ. Even the stories about Jesus, they also point to the cross. And think about this. Think about this story this way. <clears throat> who is the lender who owns everything? Is it not God? Is it not Jesus? Right? And so you have the lender who owns it all, who created you, who gave you the breath in your nostrils and lungs right now. Okay, he gave you the brain in your head, gave you the fact that you could be here at the University of Maryland, everything. Gave you everything, right? He steps aside and... You know, he's our creator, but we've worshipped everything else. 
right? We've worshipped the creation. We've worshipped money, power, sex, climbing the corporate ladder, GPAs, relationships, whatever. We've said no to God. And we've said, I'm just going to worship all the good stuff you've given me, God, but kind of forget you. And so this is us. This is who we are. This is what God has done. But yet, the lender sends his son, who created it all for us, to literally pay the debt himself. He, he's the one who comes down and pays that debt himself so that we could then be set free and be made rich. In his poverty, he gave us his riches. And he forgives us. He forgives all those who say, that's me. I see my sin and I need that grace. I need Jesus. I need his forgiveness. And so there's this, there's this, there's a uh, equation in here dealing with forgiveness and love. If you know you're forgiven, he says, 747, he who's been forgiven much loves much. And he who has been forgiven little loves little. There's this paradigm between understanding your sin and God's forgiveness and the the fact that you love God, you love a big Jesus. Or if you see your sin as very, very small and you don't see you have any problems, that's because you're on the throne of your heart. And you need to like, you need to read this and see that, you know, I'm just like Simon. I need my eyes open to the bigness of my sin, my debt, and what Jesus has done in his forgiveness. And so this is the this is the story. And so the beauty of it is that we have a lender that pays. Uh, we have the Lord Jesus who steps aside and uh, for our sake became poor and pays the debt for us so that we might become rich. And so um, so I would ask you, I would ask uh, myself, like what does the MRI show us in our hearts? Which character are we more like? Maybe we see both of these things going on. And I would say that's kind of how we are. You know, we kind of, if you're a Christian, you kind of go back and forth with this, you know. But the Christian is the one that recognizes it and says, I'm repenting. I see my Simon heart today. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. Um, if you've never done that the first time, that, that's how you become a Christian. You say, gosh, I feel like my heart is hard. I feel like I've got a lot of pride. I've got a lot of judgment. I've got a lot of critical nature. I don't really want to worship God. I want to worship myself. And what you do is you just say, God, I see that. And be honest and tell Him and say, I'm looking to Jesus now. I'm looking to Jesus for His forgiveness. And then that changes everything. That gives you a big heart to love God to love other people. So let me pray and we're going to sing another song. God, thanks for this night. Thank you for everyone here. Uh, Lord, thank you that you're in the midst of uh, technical difficulties. You're in the midst of finals or, or midterms. And, um, and Lord, you're in the midst of our sin and our hearts that are hard. And you want to show us what you've done. So, Lord, help us to understand that more. And we pray that in Christ's name. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.